Welcome back everyone to Intersectional Conversations with Mujeres Profesionales. I'm Ana, aka Latina Chica, and I am joined today only by one of our co-hosts, Jovita. Say hi to everyone. Hi everyone, this is Jovita. Today, we plan to have a conversation around our PhD programs. We wanted to talk a little bit about what it took to move from where we were to our PhD programs. We both had to pick up everything and move. So what was that like? And we also wanted to talk about what does that cost, right? As women of color from working class backgrounds, we do not have that kind of funds to make moves so easily. So come listen, find out what we had to do, and hopefully this helps you out when you have to make your move, not only for a PhD program, for any program, for your master's program, for your bachelor's program, it doesn't matter, but you should be prepared and you should know what to expect. So come on this journey with us. But before we do that, I want to quickly plug in the magazine. If you haven't checked out the magazine yet, please check it out. It's latinachicaspeaksmagazine.com. Check out our various categories there that have art, travel, food, social justice, and more. You can also check out our podcast pages where we have multiple shows, not only intersectional conversations, but also Comadreando Hour. So if you are interested into what we're doing, come check out our website and then follow us and subscribe. You can also check out our podcast Instagram page which is intersectional convos and you can check out our twitter which is at intersect convos you can also directly contact us at intersectional conversations at gmail.com so are you ready for this interview yes i am <laughs> Yay! so our first question is what phd program are we in or did we just graduate from jovita i think you should go first mine says uh um in public health and and i ended up graduating from claremont graduate university and i'm at currently at ucsb uc santa barbara getting my doctorate in chicano studies do you want to tell us a little bit more about how it was like when you moved for your doctorate yeah. program? So, where were you at? Um, oh, girl, very was, expensive. Was it expensive? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, I know. It brings so us back me, to these okay, horrible so things. What happened right? is that after I ended up getting my BA, and I have to like bring it around, right? So I, I end up getting into the Ma- Mexican American Studies the, um, uh, program, the master's program at San Jose State. So I ended up sticking around like another one year, two years. Um, then I ended up making my way back. We had a loss in our family of someone, a patia that was really nice and sweet and kind and was there for me when I was when I was a, a youth and I was dealing with a lot of emotions. Um, pero I also had a boyfriend at the time that lived here and he was from South Central, right? So I was like, great, Compton, South Central, woo-woo. And it's the, um, so I ended up moving back, right? And then, um, that process was rough in that I had to, it, I had mm-hmm. to, I didn't know that basically all the jobs that I had in Northern California, they didn't quite transfer over here, right? And I don't know why, um, but the point is that I started uh, Cal State LA 
Um, then I spent like five years trying to complete the master's program and it was just really rough because I had a, a full-time job and I had a part-time job and it was just a hot mess and I burned myself out. So then after that girl, I'm like, hell no, like, I don't yeah. want to go to school. I'm fucking tired. It took me like five years <laughs> just to get this master's out mm-hmm. of the way. Nope. Right. So then, and I was very adamant. I said, I am not going to pursue yeah. a, a doctorate F this. Right. Pues no, girl. And obviously, that didn't happen. So what I ended up doing <laughs> is that I ended up taking a break, right, from from working excessively like I used to. Then I ended up um, working at, at at Children's Hospital in in a teen with uh, in a in a teen mom's intervention, right? We were conducting a teen mom's intervention on reproductive health and how to take care of yourself because research shows that the first six months after having a baby, the teen moms get pregnant again. So then. So that opened my eyes to research. And I said, hmm, yeah. I'm like, I like this. Like papita, like how we would say, right? And 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 and, I, and there's a niche for me here, right? <laughs> and and so I went from that job to working yeah. for, for Alicare Health Plan. And this is when I realized, oh, like, you know, there's a business side to health, right? And and I learned what what real mm-hmm. how real health looks like. For, for a business, for a health plan, and I didn't like it, right? So then I said, but but I always knew that I was, um, that, I, mm-hmm. that I needed a certain skill set. I always knew that there was something that I was missing that I couldn't capture, right? That I could see it, like I could see it, and I know I know what it is verbally, like like I could, I could tell you what it is, like in a sentence, but I think there's something behind this, right? So then I, so then that's when I decided to go back to, to school mm-hmm. and get my doctorate. Now, at this point, I got to be in my 30s, right? I'm in my start, yeah, like 30, 31. So it was a very difficult decision yeah. for me to make because I'm like, okay, usually, traditionally, most of the students start in the late tw- in the late 20s or mid-20s. And here I am coming in in my 30s, girl, maybe 31, 32. So, you know, here I am dealing, you know, at that time, I, I was dating my, my ex, and, and I wanted to start a family with him. Um, I had already moved out of my home to work, to live closer to, to, um, to LA care, the family resource center where, um, where I was working at, which is, I was, I was living in Echo, Echo Park closer to Boyle Heights. Cause that's where I was located. And so, so, so what ends up happening is that after I left LA care, um, because I already knew that starting a, um, a doctor program was just going to require a lot of my time. Right. I mean, I could still work, you know, like a 30 hour job, I could still do 35 hours, yeah. but not, not a, not a set schedule. I couldn't keep a set schedule, like an eight to five. Right. So I needed flexibility. So I said, but I, but I know that my income right. is uh, my, in- I don't have the type of income to survive for myself. Right. So then that's when, 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 um, then I decided to move yeah. in with my boyfriend um, in, um, at another spot in Echo Park. And I started the doctorate program. Right. And at that time, I didn't know like shit about how doctor programs and financing worked, right? So I go in, I start taking out loans. Um, they mm-hmm. offer me a fellowship, but obviously the fellowships aren't, <laughs> they're not enough for what the, the, the school costs. And then, and then let's not even forget that rent no, is really expensive in Los yeah. Angeles, right? So, and so, and just a uh, cost of living is expensive. So, mm-hmm. so then I had to learn how to, you know, how to how to save money and how to you know how to how to help out right and how to 
time he wasn't charging me, my ex wasn't charging me rent, right? But then I would take care of other stuff, right? So then it was it was crazy, right? Like I couldn't, I wasn't managing my financial aid very well. It was a little, a little hectic, a little crazy. Y, y este, and then it wasn't until maybe second or third year, maybe maybe my very last year doing doing um, completing my class when I was completing my classes that I realized that a lot of the students ended up receiving support from other sources. And I'm like, what do you mean you receive support from other sources? And that's when I learned that there is a hustle to the doctorate program, right? That some of these students ended up linking with some of these professors prior to coming into yeah. to the doctorate program. And that's how they were able to find TA ships and and um and RA ships, right? Um and and how some of them might have even gotten more money yeah. for their fellowships, right? And so but again, like it and then how and I have to mention this because I didn't know this, but how if you get a master's in passing, right? While you're getting your doctorate, that department where you're getting your master's in yeah. passing could technically pay 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 for your classes or, or give you a stipend, right? So you know, so I learned how to do the hustle after I'm I'm almost done, right, right in my doctorate program. Entonces girl, it just me decepciona, right? I get really sad because I'm like six digits in debt, right? With this doctorate program. I've learned that the game is who, what, pro mm -hmm. the professor that likes and supports you is going to be the one that's going to push for you, right? It's going to advocate for you. I don't have anybody in Claremont advocating for me ever, right? Because I'm very outspoken and I speak my mind and no, you know, and, 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 and students will realize this that, that unfortunately, you know, the way that these systems have been created, they've been created to really um, not, not to, not to allow us to critically think, right? Um, and then when you do finally critically think, they reprimand, mm -hmm. right? And then they, and they like this docile, like this very quiet, submissive student, and they've right. never been there, right? So, yeah, so, so then, girl, right. all those people that Same. end up getting these amazing TA ships and opportunities are usually students that, that have been there for a while, or students that are very calladas, are very like, yes, whatever they say. Oh, yes, I'm gonna advocate for my for my for my for my for my department. Yes, I'm and and it's hard for them to see anything beyond their department, right? So here I am, you know, coming from a social justice background, coming in with right. intersectionality, right? Because also another thing that I think Chicano studies does really good is that they they make the the degrees intersectional, so you get to see a little bit of everything, right? Um, or inter interdisciplinary. I think that would be the word, right? Interdisciplinary. And through the readings, yeah. we learn about intersectionality, right? Here I am coming yeah. in with a strong background because of of, of my other mentors at another university, and we can have a whole a whole series on uh, or or discussion on, on on how to find yourself mentors, right? But the mentors and the and the school that that really trained me to become the, the public health professor mm -hmm. that I am is all about health disparities and health equities and addressing social determinants of health. I'm coming into a very traditional, very conservative um, degree that that really that prefer to to research in my community and with than to help and advocate and have and 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 be with be among people's 
be among my peoples, if you get it, right? So unless, unless it is yeah. unless you're quiet, submissive, you okay. question, you're, yes, ma'am, yes, no, no, and I never been that. Girl, so I had to fucking hustle. And, and these connections, so again, we could have a whole different session on networking and the importance of networking that that often as a, as a doctor student, you're going to find yourself maybe making better connections outside of your department. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, just to go back to financial stuff, um, how much do you think people should save before making the move to their doctor programs? Like, how much do you think you spent thinking about, um, you know, maybe you moved a different apartment or how much do you think they would need just for three months to survive? Well, maybe let's see. LA I think the groceries and stuff LA, like that. And it's because of the data that I have. You know, I have a lot of data on that. Um, I think you will probably, you have to, you know, a rent here on average is maybe $900, $1,000, right? Okay. So multiply that times three, that's what, um, 3000 right? Mm-hmm. Then groceries, let's say that you don't go to Trader Joe's, right? <laughs> and let's say that you buy your groceries and food for less, because really that's a reality, right? There's classes that win the food, right? Uh, uh, then, you know, let's say $50 is what you can yeah. spend every other week or maybe even a month because sometimes we're students. Sometimes we're going to make, you know, we got to make it work. Sometimes, you know, I mean, students are not in school right now, but I remember when I was in school, there was some, yeah. a, a girl in one of the, in, in another department that used to go to every um, event that they would, that would provide free food, right? Uh yeah, girl, and that's the hustle. I'm like, hey, girl, I got respect for you, girl, to eat. because she learned yep. how to hustle, you know. Yes. And yes, and, and that's I you- know I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for my own department, yes. I didn't yes. even want to be there sometimes, girl. and I'd be like, but there will be food. Mm-hmm. Or you, or you, or you pair up, or you, <laughs> and I'm struggling. Or you really good friends with the one a student that works full time because you know that person, that student is always going to spot you. Hell yeah, girl. <laughs> The hustle is real, right? And so, okay, so again, right? Rent is mm-hmm. an average in Los Angeles three a thousand, yep. right? Nine or nine hundred dollars, right? So let's say you're saving three thousand. Okay, there goes rent. Let's say that you have to, you know, you gotta save for groceries. Add another three hundred to that, right? Uh, utilities, right? Utilities are fucking expensive in LA, right? So that goes another yep. what two hundred, maybe even three hundred. So once you start adding, you know, all of this, and then gas for your car if you have mm-hmm. a car and then if you're paying your car off right now add another 600 700 to that right with with um insurance mm-hmm. and everything so girl like honestly and i don't even yep. think five thousand is enough for three months not in a place like los angeles hmm? this is our small break in between episodes to let you know about our sponsors right amiga and I guess for me, um, when I was getting into my PhD program, I think it should be important that I let the listeners know where I was at. I really did not think I would end up in higher education. I did not see myself getting a PhD ever. Um, And maybe that does go back to um, my own self-shaming or the imposter syndrome that a lot of people talk about, which is when people of color make it into higher education or poor folks 
and we quote unquote make it or we're moving on up quote unquote um we feel like imposters um like we don't belong there um and i think that for me coming from public school that also made me feel inadequate in higher education in college so i just thought i wasn't the one to make it that far but when i graduated with my bachelor's i decided to go to community college because i think i still needed one more course i didn't realize i needed that or i think i did and i was okay with just going home and doing it back home um and then also just as a side note um there is the ability to take community college after you have graduated with your BA in order to prevent financial aid from collecting your loan money, right, to pay back. I'm not suggesting this option. I don't think it's the best option, but it is an option. Um, I needed it at first, and then I kind of kept going because I was afraid of using my parents' money to pay my loans because I wasn't working. Um, so... That was my explanation for that. And I was in this Chicano studies class. And I remember the professor, Andrew Monzon, if you're out there, thank you so much, um, was like, girl, you have so much potential. Why aren't you going to get your PhD or your master's? And I was like, nope, I don't want to go back to college. Like, I did not have a good time. Like, um... I just don't think it's for me and the more I took the class the more fun I had and the more into it I got and I was like oh my god you went to a master's program at Cal State LA which is right by my parents right like so I can stay here and I don't have to leave again and they didn't require a GRE score which is a test you got to take kind of like the SATs when you go into your bachelor's or before you go into your bachelor's um and I was like oh yeah because I'm a really bad test taker um I didn't do well in the SATs and I just did not think I would do well in the GREs so um I eventually had to take them for my PhD program uh like two years later and I did fairly well so um don't doubt yourselves but at the time I was very much doubting myself and I applied to Chicano Studies at Cal State LA and I got in and I remember thinking, okay, this is it. I'm going to get my master's and then that's it. Like, I should be good. I should be able to teach. I should be able to do Chicano Studies and that's that. Um, unfortunately, that's not the way it turned out. When I graduated, I was looking for work and I remember getting rejection letters because I didn't have any work experience and I could see why I didn't have any work experience in the master's program because it's normally so short and you're doing a lot already and the professors are doing a lot so there's like really no wiggle room to do that so I, I get it but I wish there would be because then as I was looking for work it just there was no way for me to prove that I would be a good candidate. So I talked to Andrew about it and he was like, look, 
I'm currently struggling because they want me at the CC to have a master's degree in history with my already master's degree in Chicano studies in order to be able just to continue to teach. Like these are the kinds of requirements they're giving him now. And I was like, what? So I was like, I can't do that. I can't go back and get another master's because this is where we're at. Um, so I decided I'm gonna go get my PhD in Chicano studies and then who's gonna question my ability to teach then, right? Um, and I knew that in the PhD program, I'd also get teaching experience, which is what I really wanted. And so I decided that I would apply to Chicano studies and ethnic studies and American studies and femme studies. And I got rejected a lot. Let's just keep it real. And I ended up accepting UCSB as one of my top schools. So I was really happy I got in. Um, but I didn't realize that it was going to be so expensive. So first of all, I had my partner who had, like, we didn't even have a year together. So I wasn't sure if they were going to be down. And they were, which I'm very grateful for. And let me just say, for any person moving to a PhD program with a partner and you guys are dating, and even if you're married, just know that it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard on your relationship. And um, I was told this by someone who was already in grad school, basically married, and was like, you know, there's a lot of divorces here, so just know that and so me and my partner at the at the time we were very nervous about it of course but um they were down and so they were transferring their job their nine to five to Santa Barbara so the good part was that we would have a paycheck to be able to help us um, pay for rent and anything we needed but it just wasn't enough it wasn't even close, you know, so I also want to say that I got lucky enough to be able to get into family housing, which I don't know if every school has this, but I'm assuming a lot of them do, and the idea is whether you're a student with family, like you live with your parents, so an undergrad could potentially live in family housing, um, or you have a partner as a grad student, um, you can live in these apartments and so or if you have a child or you know stuff like that like just like a family type of concept um and they give you a starting rate that's way more doable than what's out there so you're talking about los angeles being a thousand well these people are paying a thousand just for a room in a house or a thousand for just a studio that's not even your regular size studio is super super small um and so i started off paying like 900 and something for a two-bedroom apartment which is like a big deal um so that helps so if you're moving to a PhD program make sure you know that there's that option and try to get into that um my rent did go up you know, every year, and I feel like eventually started going every quarter, like they would raise it, and so I walked away paying almost 1600 so that was kind of bonkers, um, and I just felt like 
we needed help and we weren't gonna make it this way you know and I remember before I left I started this big old box with like just a bunch of stuff I would buy for the 99 like canned tunas and you know sopitas and just like anything to everything that I that you could store you know like tuna helpers which was such a horrible decision because it's so bad for you guys um but it helps um and by the time we made it out there I want to say that food did not last you know so actually we got help from my parents and my partner's family um they bought us like you know canned goods and bags of beans and rice and stuff like that so they knew we needed help and we also saved up enough to get a u-haul but then we just did not add the numbers right and we we just poor really you know so we ended up asking i remember for help also for like the insurance and the gas and the mileage um so it's just you're gonna need help guys so overall i remember spending before school even started i spent just about three thousand dollars almost um and you gotta like think about all the things you gotta pay for like you're moving into an apartment that you may not have all the essentials that you need like a microwave um things for like the bathroom just little stuff that you just don't have when you move and you need so those things really do add up so what we're trying to say is if you are in the position in which you're making this move maybe even just with your bachelor's your master's your phd that you reach out and ask for help even if it's your family your friends um the department of course you need to reach out to them let them know where you're at um they potentially can help you and jovita's right if you have a connection with the professors already prior to coming in um they can also potentially help you score some money to help you alleviate the stressor that you're already having from not having the money to pay for rent or pay for something that you really need um and so we hope this episode really helped you guys let us know what you guys think um if you guys want us to talk about something a bit further or maybe something we left out let us know we would be more than happy to share those stories with you guys because that's why we're doing this podcast i think it's important that um you guys know that we're completely open books because we understand that these are the kinds of things that as first generation students we don't get access to this kind of knowledge and sometimes like Kovita said we get access to this knowledge way too late or too late in the game and it's useful then but we kind of wish we had known before, right? So if you have any other questions, let us know. And thank you so much for listening. And before we go, you already know, if you haven't checked out our website, please check it out at latinachicaspeaksmagazine.com. And if you're looking for our page, just hit podcast and look at intersectional conversations. You can also subscribe to our magazine's email list. You can follow us on Instagram at intersectionalconvos 
And you can also find us on Twitter at Intersect Convos. You can find the magazine's Twitter and Instagram page at Latina Chica Speaks Magazine or on Twitter at Latina Chica One. You can also contact the magazine at Latina Chica Speaks at gmail.com or you can email us directly at intersectional conversations at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please hit that like, follow, and share button. You can also donate to our podcast with the link in our description where it says support this podcast. We really appreciate all the support. We really couldn't be doing this without you all. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Intersectional Conversations with Mujeres Profesionales. Hasta la otra. Bye.